From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, April 25th. A 68-year-old Moab woman was violently stabbed on Saturday morning while walking dogs along Mill Creek. Police say she and her friend, a 53-year-old man, were near 100 South and 200 West when they encountered a man in an empty lot next to the stream. That man had made an illegal campfire. Moab City Police Chief Jared Garcia. They noticed an individual that appeared to be camping and had a campfire. And as as we know, that's, that's not allowed in city limits. And they made him aware of, of that situation. The male camper then allegedly retrieved a backpack from his camp and engaged in an unprovoked assault on both parties. He uh, violently attacked them. He utilized, a, a, we called it a taser, but truly really more of a stun gun. And then uh, had, had a fixed blade knife and he attacked them with the knives. The suspect allegedly stabbed the 68-year-old woman multiple times with that fixed blade knife. But her friend was able to create a distraction and get the suspect to chase him instead. Garcia says this action effectively kept the assailant away from his friend. The fact that he was able to distract this assailant, uh, I really truly believe that she would not have survived this attack if he hadn't intervened and, and wasn't able to to really distract him and get him away. The female victim was flown to Utah Valley Regional Hospital for advanced care and is reported to be in stable condition. 38-year-old suspect Alexander Kensel was booked into the Grand County Jail on multiple charges, including aggravated assault and attempted homicide. Police believe Kensel recently arrived in Moab from another state. Chief Garcia says his department will increase their enforcement efforts along Mill Creek. We, we really want the public to uh, not only um, feel safe, but be safe. And so um, when we have something like this happen, um, it just really does... Uh, spark our attention. And it makes us, I guess, just more mindful of areas in which we need to focus our attention. So even this morning, myself, uh, one of my sergeants, one of our brand new officers, we went and walked the parkway. We, mm-hmm. we wanted to focus more on those encampments. It is illegal to camp within city limits. However, people who are unhoused often find refuge in the Mill Creek area. In a press release, the police department says they are, quote, engaged with community leaders and service providers to find meaningful solutions and resources to help address homelessness and mental health issues in Moab City. The sheriff and I were in a meeting just last week with hospital leaders and administrators about some programs that they're beginning to implement. And we, we also had some further discussions about some things that we can do to engage not only people that are experiencing homelessness, people that have substance abuse challenges. We want to take a proactive approach to reaching out to those individuals and better connect them to resources before they're experiencing a crisis or before they're victimizing others. Garcia described Saturday's event as a shocking incident for any community, especially a smaller town like Moab. He says he wants to make sure people enjoy walking in town and are safe while doing so. Chief Garcia was interviewed during Monday's This Week in Moab. He and Grand County Sheriff Jameson Wiggins were guests on that program. You can find an archive at kzmu.org. It will also be available on the KZMU Public Affairs podcast later this week. Indigenous Wellbriety an addiction program in Cortez, Colorado, combines conventional therapy with Native American health and wellness traditions. With our partners at KSUT and KSJD, Clark Adamitis has more. Three and a half years when I had my injuries, when I had to relapse. 
Samiantes Jr. is standing in the Cortez Cultural Center on a weeknight in March. About 20 community members are listening to him speak about his struggles with addiction. In and out of jail to stay, I'm still on probation. I'm doing my best to, you know, get out of it. It's going to be my last time. Antez is Navajo and grew up in Blanding, Utah and Montezuma Creek. He was exposed to addiction at an early age. He says that when he was six or seven, his father drank alcohol daily and was physically abusive to his mother. By eighth grade, he was using alcohol and marijuana. In junior high, when his grandmother passed away, Antez was kicked out of school and landed in juvenile detention. It was a rough, rough life. And, you know, I'm glad to be here to share my story and who I am. And, you know, just being on this sobriety road, 100%, I never felt any better. <laughs> but even as he continues to struggle with his own recovery, Antez is helping others. He's part of the team at Indigenous Wellbriety, an addiction treatment program. Imo Sako is Wellbriety's founder. I really want to acknowledge Sammy's participation and he started out in talking circles and I really value Sammy. He's got a lot of lived experience and he's also a huge motivator when he shares his story. Imo Sako had the insight to create this program which combines sobriety and wellness with Native American spirituality and practices. In our Navajo culture, harmony means a lot. It's called hajonje. That means that if we can maintain ourselves in that way, we're able to balance ourselves out in any environment, whether it's for our physical health, our mental health, and our family environment. And so the indigenous approach is more about community, again, and it's family. It's family-focused. The group meeting is a fundamental part of many addiction recovery programs. Some take place in churches or community centers. In keeping with its indigenous foundations, Wellbriety gathers its members in a talking circle. When we provide our talking circles, they don't have to explain the world they're coming from. We're already in it. We already know. We already identify ourselves as indigenous and what it means to be in our space. There's like this sixth sense that we have as indigenous people. For Imo Sako, another important element is the inclusion of elder wisdom. I care about young people, people that are in jail, people that are suffering. Howard Yazzie is a Navajo elder with indigenous wellbriety. My great ancestors, part of what they taught me, my grandfather, my grandmother, what they were carrying on, I'd like to continue teaching that in a way of making people understand how they should be living in a good life that they should be going on instead of going in a dark world. Imo Sako had the idea for a program like this when she was in graduate school. We were assigned to um, come up with our own program. What would our dream program look like? I just noticed through observations that a lot of our indigenous clients were having trouble in accessing services that are unique to them and their population. In my grad school studies for my programs and development course, I was thinking about a Native American resource center. Years later, with more career experience, Sako had the opportunity to bring her idea to life in Cortez. For Sammy Antez Jr., Wellbriety is a way to stay in recovery and help other Native people along the same path. You know, I hit the bumpy road, and now I'm a grandpa now, and I'm seeing what life is all about. And quit drinking and my uh, drug addiction, putting that to the side, it's pretty good feeling to where I'm at today with my sobriety and 
you know, with the indigenous sobriety, it's keeping me from not relapsing them from what I used to do before. Indigenous sobriety is open to natives and non-natives alike, with meetings twice a week and other community activities. I'm Clark Adamitis. That story was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. Many states agree that citizens should have clean air and a healthy environment to live in. And as Emma Vandenide of the Mountain West News Bureau reports, some want to make it a constitutional right. Green amendments have been in some state constitutions, like Montana's, since the 70s. Unlike other environmental policies, which could be loosely interpreted by legislators, a green amendment allows the people to defend against any infringement. It's literally focused on recognizing that clean water, clean air, a stable climate, and healthy environments are inalienable human rights that belong to the people. That's Maya Van Rossum, a leading advocate of the Green Amendment. Montana, New York, and Pennsylvania are the only states with Green Amendments. In our region, some New Mexico lawmakers have introduced the legislation several times. Nevada lawmakers recently introduced it for the first time. Kate Burgess is with the National Caucus of Environmental Legislators. She says support is still growing in other states. But overwhelmingly in the states where there's been momentum, the public has been on board. These measures still face opposition from various mining and manufacturing industries. I'm Emma Vandenide. The Moab City Council is in session today. Maggie McGuire with our partners at the Moab Sun News looks at what's ahead. The budget is on the agenda for this week's Moab City Council meeting, including a look at some city fees, the annual approval of city staff salaries, and next year's tentative budget. The city will also hear about projects awarded funding through the municipal wrap tax. The tax, which was approved by voters in 2020, goes to fund recreation, art, and parks projects in Moab and is awarding almost $100,000 to 15 local organizations this year. Moab City Council meetings are held on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month and streamed online on Moab City's YouTube page. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, April 25th. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.